We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality. We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of change that helps you laugh stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! Hey guys, Sean here, Secret Habit Podcast. So excited for us to have guests on the show for you because we really care about intimacy, God's desire for sexuality, thriving sex lives as Christians and men and women of God. So let me share quickly about Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo, who are the co-hosts of the Top Marriage Podcast on Apple Podcasts, the one extraordinary marriage show. They speak to a worldwide audience about sex, love, commitment, and challenge every listener to make their relationship a priority. They have a best-selling book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, which has transformed countless marriages around the world. This framework, which we talk about in this episode, get excited about it, is simple, practical, and powerful. Let me tell you, that is true. You will be inspired to look at your marriage, your relationships through a new lens and be encouraged by its common sense approach. And that's what we talk about in this episode. And that's why we're so pumped. Hey, hon. Yeah, it is so relatable to you guys, to our listeners, to talk about this, like just to open up a conversation about sex, intimacy, and really uh, the six pillars that they're going to be talking about and really open up uh, some of your thinking and mind to uh, even having practical tools. Um, so I'm just really excited because uh, like really Tony and Elisa are very much like 25 years ahead of yeah, us. They're great. Um, they know a lot. Kind of, they are passionate about the things that we're passionate about and they are really talking from wisdom and and hard for people to to really see that there is so much more. Um, and so I'm really excited about having them on. And I just wanted to mention quickly, I unfortunately wasn't able to be on this show and interview them. Uh, but um, it, it was it was an unfortunate thing. You know, Violet, our little daughter was sick. And so I had to um, I had to stay home with her. But uh, that doesn't take away from how much how much you guys are gonna enjoy uh, the how much how much your guys are gonna enjoy them. So um, I am just there's a, I'm just really excited to to introduce them and to to have them on. Absolutely, they were amazing to interview. So much fun. So before I get into just letting that go, watching the interview, I just want to say a quick plug. I'm launching a private group for six men starting on February 15th. A lot of the things we talk about in this episode with Tony and Elisa are, we're talking about emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, sexual intimacy. Those are areas that even a lot of men just don't know how to get into, how to talk about, and there's healing needed. I'm launching a really special small group on February 15th. If you want more details, go to secrethabit.ca slash group, which I'll link below. But even more, there's going to be some great resources shared by Tony and Elisa. So without further ado, let's get the interview started. God bless, guys. God bless and lots of love. Hey guys, it is so exciting. Sean here with Secret Habit Podcast. I have guests on our show today who are legends, not only in the area of podcasting, but actually in the area of helping couples with sex and intimacy and everything else that goes into that. So I have Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo here for One Extraordinary Marriage. Guys, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, Sean, thank you for having us. We're honored to be with you and your, with you and your audience today. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Sean. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Helena can't be here. We'll do an intro to explain that, but we had a little kid, uh, child care issue today. But to have you guys here really to promote your amazing book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, to help our audience understand what are those pillars? What yeah. happens when they go astray? What happens when they're rock solid? And some really practical steps to help our audience effectively live out the six pillars of intimacy. That's what we're here for because Alan and I are all about intimacy and we want to know from people who have done it way longer than we have how to do it well. So just before we get into that, why do you guys care about this so much? Like why is this an area that you care about and how did you guys become experts in it? So just a little backstory. Tony and I have been married 26 years. Mm -hmm. um, we yeah. have a 20-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter. And, and I give you that number of years, not because it's like a badge of honor, but because the first like 10, 11, 12 were not so great. Um, we didn't understand how to do intimacy well. We didn't even understand what intimacy was. You know, in the early years of our marriage, um, if you had had the conversation with us about intimacy, I think either one of us would have been like, oh, well, you're just talking about sex. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, year 11, we do the 60 day sex challenge. And we realize that there's so much more to this word intimacy than just your sexual intimacy. Mm. And really, you know, we realized that if we were struggling with this, we probably weren't the only couple mm -hmm. at that point in time in our mid thirties, um, struggling with it. And so we really made it our mission mm -hmm. since that point in time to not just learn ourselves, but to actually pour into other couples who are like, Hey, what's going on in our marriage mm -hmm. and really give them a framework, which is the six pillars of intimacy to say, Hey, how can we do marriage? Well, mm. looking at our marriage holistically. Love that. So, so good. Yeah. You guys obviously have gone through the 60 day sex challenge. That's amazing. Yeah. I was just listening to a podcast that you guys were talking about. I think you said you got 40 out of 60 days. Was that right? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Completed 40 out of 60. And, uh, it was just revolutionary for us to understand that, wow, there's so much more than just that sexual intimacy, that sexual intercourse. There's so much more happening that we just begin to learn and go, oh, wow, there's a lot that we're missing out in our marriage. And if we just begin to strengthen these pillars, which we call them now, what could really happen in our marriage? Mm, isn't that amazing? So you guys, you just told me before we started 13 years since recording your first podcast episode that's yeah. a big deal. So you guys know better than most people what the difference is between intimacy and sex or intercourse, whatever word we want to use. Can you just give the audience an idea of what you found? What is the, the difference between those two words and how do they go together? There's such beautiful words that often like the church will use intimacy instead of sex and it gets confusing. Right. Yeah. What do those mean to you guys? Because that's so special. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. And I'll share and then Lisa yeah, can jump totally. in here, especially from a guy standpoint, Sean, I would hear that a lot. Like I'd be in prayer groups with men and, and, and because we talk about marriage and Elisa and I will talk about sexual intimacy a lot because we want to bring, we want to bring light to it. We want to be open, honest, and transparent about it from the tough times to the good times and everything in between. And when guys would say that to me, I'd go like, okay, well, what, what does intimacy mean to you? He's like, well, most of the guys would just go, oh, I want more sex. It's like, okay. And I'd hear this over and over. And as you said, in the church, people will go like, you want to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, our, our your, your Lord and Savior. You want to have this intimate time. And, and so Lisa, as <laughs> she does so well on the podcast, when we get to words that she wants to make sure that the one family understands, so we're all on the same page while we're talking about a certain episode or a certain topic, she looked it up and intimacy is closeness and connection. Mm core it's closeness and connection and so we can't do that through sex 24 7 there's much more to that in our marriages yeah and yeah. and understanding that it actually really broadens the opportunity for a couple to be intimate with one another mm -hmm. right yeah. when we pull it away and and actually i do think if this is one of the areas where i do think the church has done a disservice when we keep using this phrase you want to you know be intimate with your spouse but we're, well what are we talking about yeah. If the innuendo is sex, then let's actually be bold and courageous, like it says in Joshua, and use the word sex. If we're talking about emotional intimacy, if we're talking about how we, you know, are spiritually intimate with our spouse, then let's actually use those words and remove the confusion. I think there's been yes. a lot of confusion in marriage for a really long time. Instead of couples saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be really direct. I'm going to say, hey, I need more emotional intimacy with you. I need to be able to share my thoughts and feelings. I want to be vulnerable. I want to know what you're thinking, mm -hmm. right? And, and let's let's call it what it is yeah. so that we can actually start to create extraordinary marriages. Mm -hmm. 
so good guys yeah intimacy with jesus but then we use that word to have sex it's very confusing and i had a session with a client the other day and he was talking about this really uh, challenging dynamic he's having with a friend who's a a woman and they were quote unquote hanging out last week and i had to what does that hanging out mean and we really had to go deep into that meant sex right right Mm -hmm. yeah hang and that's that's so funny that you mentioned that because we actually lead a small group of young adults so 19 to 29 year olds for our church and what hanging out meant for Tony and I yep. 30 years ago when we met versus exactly what you just said there, hanging out now means having sex. Like th- that's one of those areas where it's like, it's so vague. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, and if we can just get to a place where we're being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and with the people that we're in relationship with, everything can change. Yes. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Back when you guys were dating, that would have been a totally different ball game. Totally different. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Netflix and chill didn't exist. years ago, Sean. <laughs> oh, man. So you guys, so how long have you been married for? 30 years? We've been married 26. 26. We started 26. dating 28 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Wow. I'm 30. So you guys have been married almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> You're what two a, years what... old, man, when we started dating. <laughs> <laughs> what a privilege it is to have you on the show and learn from you guys. That's so cool. So six pillars of intimacy, that sounds like it has been your brainchild for a long time that you kind of just condensed into an amazing resource. I was just looking at your the website for the book recently, and it's just some really great bullet points. There's the six intimacies, how to use them, how to keep mm-hmm. them solid and straight so your marriage can thrive, how your marriage can start to collapse if you don't have them strong, and really your story of how they came to be in your own life. So you're sharing from your own personal testimony. So I would love for you guys just to start from the beginning what are the six pillars let's just talk about those and let's just go through each one in a way that has impacted you the most and let's talk about some practical things that our audience can take away and say wow like these are some things that i can do but wow these are some areas that i didn't even know about yeah yeah well i mentioned one just a couple minutes ago and that's emotional intimacy and that is the one that we start with when we look at the six pillars in the book i refer to it as the workhorse Mm -hmm. because everything that happens in your marriage really does come down to both your verbal and your nonverbal communication how are the two of you sharing your thoughts your feelings and your desires how do you create that closeness and connection through those you know what you your face says what your body says and the actual words that you use because so much is communicated that way. Yeah. yeah. And and this is a learned skill, Sean. Mm-hmm. I, I want to share that with you and, and others. If you feel like, oh, man, well, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I, I was there and Elisa and I in our marriage were there for many a years. Yeah. And what we have learned over the years of sharing with the one family and others is communication, your emotional intimacy. It's a learned skill. And how you do that is going to be a little different for everybody. Um, for us, we have found that what we call our walk and talks. Mm-hmm. This has super been super helpful for us to strengthen this pillar because it's not like we're sitting down face to face, sitting on the couch, holding each other's hands and knees touching. And we're staring deep into each other and we have to have this conversation. We get the motion going. We're shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder. It's it's more of a team. We're on the same team together mm-hmm. instead of adversaries against one another. And we're just out. And we just start talking. And if it's tough for you to go like, well, what do we talk about, Tony and Lisa? We haven't done that. Or, hey, Sean, what would, what would I talk about? Go to Amazon. They have cards. You can pick mm-hmm. up like 88 conversation cards. Uh, what's the other one? Topic. Table topics. Table topics. Yeah, great conversation starters for husbands and wives. I mean, you do a Google search or Amazon search and you can find them and just take one or two of them with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Use, use the tools that people have created Mm-hmm. to move your marriage forward. Yep. Yeah. Amen. And, and and that's as easy as it can be is to just right. utilize the, what has already been created. So that's awesome. You guys are from San Diego. So you guys probably have some awesome walk and talks. I could only imagine. <laughs> We've spent a little time walking the beach. Yeah. But I will say for those who are, in those areas where it's colder, we've had many in the one family do different things like a drive and yeah. drive, drive and dive. Drive just, and die. You know what I mean? Again, you're still shoulder to shoulder. Throw a card in in the glove compartment. Go grab a shake or something, and then just go for a quick little twenty minute drive or something like that. Make it work for where you're at yeah. and mm-hmm. for what where you're where you're at even in your marriage make it make it yours 100 percent. yeah i love what you guys are saying is like we're our daughter's almost two and that creates a whole new dynamic of how uh-huh. do you do sure. that but 
it it just makes it that much more important to do it. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, there's there's no excuse for it. It's so needed. And I know so many people that really, you know, 10, 20 years goes by and they haven't even really had a date night. So I'm sure you guys run into that even more than we do. But what are some warning signs for people when the emotional pillar is really starting to fall apart? Like what are some red flag warning signs? Like we need to know about this. Well, this is when, when you stop having those conversations that are, that go deep, right? You, You find that it's so much easier to have the conversation. Like you were just talking about, it's so much easier to talk about our daughter talk about the kids, talk about the bills, talk about the chores, talk about all, you know, might, what might be on the calendar, but we're not talking about what's meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, a lot of people um, I hear in coaching use the phrase, well, I f- it feels like I'm walking on eggshells yeah. or I can't, I don't think I can tell my spouse that. And when you find that you're repeating those kinds of comments, that narrative to yourself, that's a really good indicator that there might be a crack. We call them cracks yeah. um, in the emotional intimacy pillar and you might need help. Hmm. to to strengthen that back up like somebody told us the other day to put a little spackle on it um to strengthen that pillar and i'd even say too if your form of communication has now gone to just text messaging one another or some sort of social like the phone has to be in between us Mm -hmm. then that to me is a huge red flag Mm. that something is a miss and we need to start getting back to what it really looks like for us as a couple to engage one another in our emotional intimacy. Oh, guys. So good. Going right back to what you said, intimacy is closeness and connection. And we find ourselves way more times than we'd like to talking about Violet, talking about uh-huh. secret habit. It's like, what about us? And wow, yes. what a great thing to say like that has a that's a crack in the pillar and we even just have to be able to admit that don't we mm-hmm. I mean, you can't actually change something until you've identified that yeah. it's happening yeah right yeah. that that's where the empowerment comes from like saying hey we're gonna actually call this what it is we're disconnected yeah. let's move it forward let's do yeah. something about it yeah amen and and for you guys this is obviously the first pillar and i'm just already getting pumped about it but like what is exciting about somebody it's 2023 it's the start of a new year it's not the end you know, as christians we don't really care but for say but like that there's some momentum there's some motivation we can yeah. ride how can someone just actually simply get out of that place of denial like what's empowering for them to just actually face the fact and say yeah we are just talking about nothing on a regular basis we are just on our phones a lot what is that gap someone has to fill is it a lot simpler than most people make it be I find that it is when I'm coaching, Sean, that, you know, a phrase that a lot of my coaching clients will hear me say is, look, you're not dead yet, so you can change. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and it, I'm, a, I'm a little confrontational now. They're like, you're right. I'm not dead. I'm like, exactly. So we, there's still hope. Um, yeah. You know, don't over with any of the pillars of intimacy that we're talking about today. Don't overcomplicate them. What, you know, you mentioned the fact that your daughter is two. You know, before Violet could be walking and running and doing all the things that she does it too, she was a newborn baby that literally just, you could put her anywhere and she wouldn't move and you were good and you could walk away. And then all of a sudden one day she starts rolling and then she starts pulling herself up. And then there's that first step. That's kind of, that's how I relate things in marriage. Mm. And especially I talk about a lot in the six pillars of intimacy. What are those baby steps? Mm -hmm. Baby steps. If it's been a long time since you've had a conversation, don't try and sit down and do a three hour conversation. Go out and have a cup of coffee together. A cup of coffee will take you about 15 to 20 minutes. It's a finite amount of time. Yeah. And then you go back to go back to what you've been doing, but start practicing with those small increments. Yeah. Oh, start love that. One conversation card before you get into, you know, a two or three hour conversation. Yeah. Set it aside too. I think the big thing about emotional intimacy, we think we're having it mm. and yet we're not. It, it's more task, to-do lists, chores. And if you just set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes once a week, it's amazing what begins this shift. Mm -hmm. And Elise and I have done this for years and it ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, we, we hit it every single week. Other weeks, other months, it's like we hit two out of four and, and we realize what's going on, but we got a good half an hour. It's usually after church service on a Sunday Mm -hmm. and we just, I get my iced tea. She gets (laughs) her latte. We sit down. We have some questions we like to ask each other where we're at, and it's great. And it really fulfills 
that pillar and fills us to know, all right, this is where you're at. This is where I'm at. This is where things are. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the week, when we are talking about the tasks and all those other things, we're strengthening it, but we went deep into some of these other areas that we really need to take some time for. Mm, awesome guys. And thanks for being so vulnerable. Yeah. Sometimes you just hit it two out of four times yeah. and you, you build off of that instead of complain about it. Right. Right. You have to acknowledge where you are and yeah. that, you know, I, Another thing I say to a lot of my clients, the side of heaven, nothing's going to be perfect. Amen. So don't hold yourself to a standard you can't actually achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Go after being excellent, not being perfect. Mm, Yeah, guys. Thanks for sharing that. That's really powerful. And at Secret Habit, we have a real belief that to really recover and look at childhood trauma and inner child, we have to be compassionate and curious. And we have to Mm -hmm. not just condemn and like have prohibition, but we need to be really curious about why did that happen? What led us astray and have compassion in the curiosity. So, so much that goes together there. And I'm excited as Helen and I go into a new season of our life right now. So that is the emotional pillar. There's so much there. And that's such a big one. Cause I had a client one time say, and this is why I'm so passionate about, he said, Sean, you know, my wife is like the 64 pack of crayons. Like she's got all the colors. She knows all her emotions. I'm like the four pack. Like I know like four emotions and that's about it. I got not, not much else than that. And that's why I'm so passionate about that pillar. Cause for a guy to take some time to invest into that emotional pillar. That's a big step, but you guys are saying, and I know it to be true, what uh, an amazing reward that it brings. Yeah. So, we're going to get, we're going to share another, you, you, you brought up the 64 colors and it just, <laughs> it just snapped in me and, and Elise and I looked at each other. We're, we're going to share another resource that we yeah. have here at One of Shore New mm-hmm. Marriage. Um, Sweet. I know your listeners can't see this, but you can, and it is an emotion wheel. And this is why we thought of it. Cause when you said 64 colors, the emotion wheel is often, I don't even know how many colors are on here, but this is really a tool that I found not just in our marriage, but with so many of my coaching clients really gets them out of that, you know, four pack of crayons, that center circle and allows them yeah. to really go, Hey, let me, let me see my Yes. emotions, my feelings, and maybe that 24 pack, maybe I can't envision a 64 pack um, <laughs> as much as nice as that would be like, let me just go to a 24 pack and start exploring yes. that. And a tool like an emotion wheel um, for couples, for that spouse that is like, ah, I feel a little limited can really be that deep dive yes. to be able to share more with their spouse. Yeah. Amen, guys. Thank you so much. We are going to try and get this on video as well. Cause I want them to see that that is a resource that I've used many times as well. So I'm glad yeah. that it has gone through the test of time to be useful oh, yeah. for everybody, right? It's so good. Yeah. yeah so amazing good. guys. Well, you just shared so well on the emotional pillar. What a foundational pillar. Let's move into the next one, which I believe is physical. I don't know if that order that I have is the yes. same, but let's talk about yes. that one. The same concept of like, what does it look like to really rock that pillar? And what does it look like when it starts getting cracked? Yeah. So your physical intimacy is your non-sexual touch. And we are very clear about that distinction because early on when we first started sharing our story with with the podcast and whatnot, people would write us back. And and partly this is because of the five love languages and physical touch being one of the the love languages. But people would get into this place of, I want more physical touch. And again, it comes back to the fact that you can't be having sex 24 hours a day. So if we split sexual intimacy and physical intimacy and get into this place of going, well, what are those meaningful non-sexual touches that make us feel close and connected to one another. And that changes things because when you remove the sexual component off of touch, then you find that a couple can really actually start to generate that a lot more. Yeah. If one spouse isn't thinking, okay, are you just touching me because you want sex? Are you, you know, hold on. Sometimes I just want to hold your hand or put my arm around you or snuggle up on the couch and to be able to actually identify that in a marriage. Hey, I want more physical intimacy with you. What are those meaningful touches? It it actually starts to break down the walls Mm. that some spouses might have around being touched and equating it with sex. Right. And this, this was an area in our marriage for so long where it was Mm -hmm. physical touch meant that there was going to be sex. (laughs) And so when there was overt physical touch, Elisa would begin to pull away. It's like, no, I'm already touched out with the kiddos. Mm -hmm. Now you're touching me. I know what this means. And so walls would get put up. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we weren't having these conversations, that physical intimacy, that closeness and connection, just by being physically intimate with no sex uh, going towards or not going towards sex, what it could mean. 
And over the years, we've developed this from holding hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Big one for us is naked cuddling in Mm -hmm. bed. That's our big one. Uh, Elisa is not a big kisser. We've tried kissing over the years and it's just not like, like some people might go to. Yeah. And some people are. So you and your spouse, maybe like that is it. Like it's a big old smack of a kiss. I mean, you guys are French kissing and that's how you connect. (laughs) Some of you are just huggers. Like that is for the two of you. That's what it is. And this one though, find what it is mm-hmm. for some, it may just be like, you're just driving down the street. And for years, and, and even to this day, I still love it. Driving down the street, Elisa's left hand is on my right knee. Mm. It's just there. It, it's just, it, it doesn't mean anything more, but it's that physical connection. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yeah. mean, oh, as soon as we get home, we're going to have sex or anything like that. It's just, that's that non-physical or that mm. non-sexual touch that can make a huge difference. Wow, that's so beautiful. I'm I'm hearing in and I don't know if this is what you're saying and this is the way it's hitting me is that sounds safe. Mm-hmm. That just sounds like that brings a lot of emotional safety, which is what we all I think we all long and need that so much. Well, our bodies were designed for touch. Yeah. Designed, yeah. You know, it's why it's why newborns, you know, they put they do the skin to skin contact yes. at you know, like literally at birth. That is such an important thing. And the reality is, is we all have histories around being touched physically and mm. some have been really positive, some not so positive. And so it's even, you know, you use the phrase, um, when you were talking about trauma a few minutes ago, you talked about being curious and compassionate, I think was how you phrased yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And right. so even in this place of physical touch, physical intimacy of being able to ask the question of your spouse to have that level of compassion, mm. but to still be curious, you know, how do you feel about this touch? May I touch you this way? Get into that place of curiosity and have compassion if maybe the answer is no. Mm-hmm. You know, because even in our marriage for years and years, um, I had been in a situation when I was in college where it was it was an attempted date rape and the man had grabbed my wrist. And so if Tony, if we were doing anything and Tony grabbed my wrist, I would have a really strong reaction. Yes. And so it wasn't until I took that emotional intimacy level and said, hey, I'm going to tell you about this, that he had then understood that touching me physically, basically between the top of my hand and my elbow, unless he was holding my hands, if it was anything that felt restrictive, I was going to react. Mm -hmm. And it was him having, being able to have that curiosity and that compassion to understand physical touch with me, where, you know, if he'd had another girlfriend, that might not even be an issue. Wow. But as his wife, he, he expressed that compassion, that curiosity, and that's, going back to your statement, that's what makes it safe. Yeah. And we bring wow. those two qualities into our physical intimacy yeah. and actually mm. into any of them, but specifically this one. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And mm-hmm. sounds like a, a story that probably carried so much for so long. And Tony, man, that's amazing. You've been able to bring safety to your wife. Awesome. Well, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's, it's learning, it's going through the muck. I mean, you know, the first time you do it, it's not like, oh, whoa, what's going on? Like, I mean, yeah, it's not compassion. It's like, whoa, what just happened? Like, yeah. where are we at? Like, and so you move through those processes, though, and you're, and you're processing what just mm-hmm. happened. Your spouse is processing what, what just happened. Um, but willing to go back into it and go, hey, I don't know what happened. I didn't mean for for that to to scare you off or to cause that reaction so we're, we're gonna have to discuss this or we're gonna have to yeah. go get help so we can understand where we're at mm-hmm. because as you said sean there there is sexual trauma that happens that physical intimacy gets there are cracks in it right mm-hmm. because of what has happened yeah. um, and we say it often if that's where you're at and you haven't gotten help please do like you weren't meant to live this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so go get help, go with you individually, get in there with your spouse. So they understand. So that yeah. way you can create the extraordinary marriage you both desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen guys, that abundance that Jesus came to bring mm-hmm. us into and that freedom yes. that's available. That's so good. And I'm not sure if you're super familiar, but I struggle with porn induced erectile dysfunction and psychological erectile dysfunction. And everything you're saying was everything that brought me to a place of healing was that emotional pillar, 
leading to the physical pillar, leading to the sexual pillar. Yes. And I just, just, I'm just eating everything you're saying. And yes, that is exactly okay. what happened for us. And I hope our audience can hear that because we talk a lot about these topics on our podcast because not a lot of other people are talking about things like right. ED and what you're saying, date rape and trauma. Like we just, we just need more people talking about that stuff and the freedom that comes when we emotionally connect physically non-sexually connect and move through these pillars so let's go to the next one which we're on a podcast talking about sexuality we're going to talk about financial intimacy which of course matters so much because what are the two biggest causes of divorce is money and sex yeah depending on you know depending. it's always usually in the top finance is definitely in the top three on yeah. on everyone um, and financial intimacy is often a phrase we often get a lot of kickback on this because people are like do those two words even belong together right yeah yeah, enhances and intimacy, but the reality is, is that if you are married, your finances are a factor in your marriage, and you either have an opportunity to be close and connected when it comes to your finances, and if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, then the opposite is true. You're going to be disconnected. Yeah. And again, you said it, it just as we were talking about this at the start. You know, it's one of the leading causes of divorce. So why not choose? Mm-hmm. to be close and connected in this area, to choose to yeah. do things differently than maybe your parents or any of the modeling that you had the way they did it and choose to actually step into a place where it's like, Hey, we're going to learn how to do this mm-hmm. again. It's, it's like the emotional intimacy is to learn skill. Yeah. And this ranges, right, Sean? I mean, this ranges anywhere from just your monthly cash flow or budget, whatever you want to call that to, Hey, are we in debt? Mm-hmm. Like could be credit card, could be student loans, could be cars, mortgage. I mean, how do we get out of that? Because that weight, especially mm-hmm. the credit card debt, uh, the consumer debt, you know, just yeah. you have cards at Victoria's Secrets, Target, Walmart, you know, you have these credit <laughs> cards, but that debt is, it, it, it's all consuming mm-hmm. and it's weighing and it impacts all the other pillars. Mm-hmm. Right? Totally. Well, yeah. and I, we were just um, out with friends this past week and a group of us got together and one of them had their newborn uh, she's probably three months old now. And you, another area of the financial intimacy, especially if you have children, is you have to think like your long-term plan. So like estate plan, yep. guardianship. And I was talking- Wills, trust. All of that. Yeah. That all yeah. falls into that financial intimacy. And yes, are these conversations that are awkward or hard or uncomfortable? 100%. But like I was telling another friend who was there who's pregnant, I'm like, here's the thing. You want to make sure that your children are protected in the event that something happens to you, you mm-hmm. need to talk about guardianship and you need to talk about money and you need to talk about how they're going to be set up now. Yeah. So that literally, God forbid, something happens. <sighs> totally. The two of you actually already have a plan. Yes. And it brings safety and security going back to what you do earlier, it brings that safety to this area yes. of finance. Yeah. So good. And that's the thing. Like Jesus doesn't promise us wealth and prosperity in this on this planet but he promises us deep satisfaction and security in our souls. And part of that is to be wise with how we handle finances and bring that safety into our marriage. I totally agree with that. And my, my dad put our family in debt and I had a lot of trauma around money that I had to talk to Helena about constantly. And it's been something for us that has been a big part of our marriage. So I know that part of my erectile dysfunction was anxiety around money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I can totally hear what you're saying. Totally. It totally does. Yeah. Well, during the great recession, we lost everything. So I understand. And I was there as well, because when you're losing everything and you get into a depressive state and you can barely get yourself out of bed to actually even think about having sex or when we were just the the thought to try to have an erection and and like the power and the brain power to to just try to get to that place. I totally understand. And we lost our home. We lost our car. We had to borrow a car. I mean, it was, it was a mess during those years, but we've very humbling experience. You learn, you live and you grow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well guys, I just want to pause and let our audience just soak that in for a second. Like look what God has done in your life and your marriage. That is such a redemption story. And we want to make sure we give God all the glory and just celebrate the extraordinary things that he does with ordinary people. That's right. Well, in the midst of all that, that's when we started One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Yes, that is the best. In the midst of all of that going on, that's when we got behind our microphones for the first time and and started recording and 
no one knew what a podcast was back then like they do yeah. now. I didn't even know where people listened to them. <laughs> it was always amazing when somebody's like, oh, I'm listening to you. I, you know, I'm in New Zealand and I'm listening to you. And we're like, how, do how you did you find us? Like, how did you find this podcast? Because it's not wow. like it is today. But in that, this is what's come out of it. And yeah. we we can't, like, we can't underestimate the power and the glory um, that he has here on earth uh... for, for us and for others in the one family. Yeah. Amen, guys. And let's use that as a segue into the spiritual pillar. Yeah. Because that is the foundation to our lives as Christians. That is everything. Tell me about that pillar and how pivotal that is. Well, and this is another one that people really, these two in the middle, financial intimacy and spiritual intimacy, um, these are two where it's kind of like, how do I do that as a married person? Right. Because we're taught from specifically with spiritual intimacy, I think a lot of us, it, it, you know, it, specifically in the Christian faith, they're taught to have, you know, like you need to have your relationship mm. with God. And it's this very individual and you need to cultivate it. And you need to spend time with God and, and all of these very individual behaviors that, you know, whether you're raised in church or you, you come to Christ in your twenties or thirties or whatever, it's all about your individual relationship. Right. Interestingly enough, when you're married, there are two of you. And one so flesh. Very, yeah, one flesh. So you're like, she let's go shall, all the way back to Genesis shall two. Become one. Um, and so really stepping into, into this place of stretch when it comes to your spiritual intimacy and not just not just doing services together, right? Attending church on a Sunday, but what does it look like to go deeper, to actually pray out loud together? Mm -hmm. I had a couple um, coaching session earlier this week, Sean, and, and they actually made a commitment this first month of the year that they wanted to deepen their spiritual intimacy couple in their sixties, they've never really kind of prayed together outside of going to church and maybe like a little toss up a prayer before dinner. Yeah. And so they're really like, they want to step into this place, but it feels so awkward. And I'm like, welcome to the club. Yeah. Because spiritual intimacy is such an opportunity to hear your spouse's thoughts and what they would be having a conversation with God about. And it's going to get real mm -hmm. and it's going to get vulnerable. And you're going to hear things that are going to make you want to care for and protect and champion your spouse yeah. because you're, you're actually being allowed to eavesdrop on their conversation. Yeah. With yeah. I mean, that's essentially what spiritual intimacy is. It's like, how are, how am I learning about how you connect with God? Mm. And it's a gift to be beautiful, able beautiful. to witness yeah. what that looks like and to build it. And to build it, how it fits for your marriage, because like for us, we had heard a lot of things from the pulpit over the years, and we struggled in this area really until like the last year, year and a wow. half. Yeah, especially around praying. I think that was the big one for us. Um, and we finally got to a place where it's like, okay, this is our marriage. How mm -hmm. are we strengthening this pillar? And in the past, we had done devotionals. We have served together at various different levels of volunteer at our church. Mm -hmm. um, currently, we lead a small group study uh, for our young adults. And a year ago, just a little bit over a year ago, we just sat down and we were like, to strengthen this pillar for us means we are going to come together three times a week mm -hmm. and we're going to pray. Wow. And it's not something that we have to put a time limit on. Mm -hmm. We're just going to put it on our calendar. And Elisa and I are very much about being intentional and taking action. And the way we take in our intentional for us and how we strengthen our pillars is we put those most important things on our calendar. Yeah. And so it's on our calendar. We have notification because if we didn't, we wouldn't remember. That's just who we are. <laughs> for others, do what you got to do. For us, this is how we do it. Yeah. It goes off. We look at each other. Let's pray. Yeah. Has it been perfect? No. <laughs> Do we have to have some discussions when one of us doesn't show up and we thought the other one was going to? And yes, but I will say over the last year, we have grown. We were like, wow, what, what has happened in this year? What have we prayed for that mm. we've seen shift in our own lives and our kids' lives and our friends' lives and our church and, and those in the one family? Um, but there are many different ways to strengthen your spiritual intimacy. It's looking at it together and going, how do we serve together? How do we do a devotional together? What's it look like for us to pray together? Again, this is about you and your marriage, mm -hmm. not about Tony and Elisa's or anybody else's. 
but what is it for the two of you so you guys yeah. strengthen mm-hmm. this pillar and feel connected right intimacy the spiritual intimacy how does it make you feel close and connected to one another and our heavenly father yes amen guys that is so good because we can serve and serve and serve and it ends up just being a show yeah. And I think the church has done a lot of marriages a disservice and then actually like, hey guys, you're serving a lot. Like, how are you doing? Uh, churches love when we just serve and serve and serve. And we've seen so many marriages burn out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, it, it, we like to feel needed. Yeah. And the service, the feeling needed. Yeah. And so it's, you know, what can we, how can we build that to go deep and keep this strong? Not yes. just to be in a place of checking that your needed box. Yeah. Totally. Well, I just want to plug the book really quick because there's so many other questions I want to ask you about this. We're running out of time. So guys, get the book to learn more about this specific pillar because as Christians, we are called to worship the Lord in our one flesh unity. That's so good. But because we're getting out of time, let's move on to recreational, which is like we want to get to sexual. That's the big crescendo. <laughs> we want to make yeah. sure we do that within enough time. I'm getting excited here. But again, get the book. So if there's other questions you have, there's even an amazing workbook you guys have put together. Yes. Like you have given so many resources at such an affordable price. That is amazing. So thank you for doing that. We're going to link all of those below in the show notes. But let's just talk about the recreational. What does that mean to thrive in that? What does that look like to have a crack? And then let's really just end on sexual pillar because that's the big shabam. Yes. For this podcast, at least. (laughs) Yes, definitely for your podcast. Recreational intimacy. I mean, this is, this is all the experience. This is all the fun that you do. A lot of people first, when they hear this, will think in terms of these are our date nights. And yes, date nights are a component of it. First of all, we don't believe that you can only date your spouse at nighttime. We like date days. We like date (laughs) breakfast. um, We like date weekends, you know, so it doesn't have to just be limited to nighttime. Yes. But it's really getting into this place. You know, if you think back to before the two of you got married, right, having new experiences, trying new things, doing things for one another and saying, I want to take you here, or I heard about this place and I want to, like, that was part of your courtship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And the reality is, is that we should never stop courting our spouses just because we put the ring on, we've had mm. the big party and we share our last name. It, it's <laughs> looking at longevity comes from shared experiences and from building that closeness and that connection in a lifetime of experiences. And that's really what recreational intimacy gets to. Yeah. yeah. And as Lisa said, date your spouse in many different ways. Mm-hmm. You can go super extravagant. You can go super low budget. Whatever fits for you in the season you're in, or even in the month you're in, it just depends. Like for you, Sean, I I was thinking about you with, with your little one at two, some of the most, the most memorable Mm -hmm. dates that Elisa and I had when, when our kids were young and we hear it Mm -hmm. often, it's like, oh, we don't have enough money. Oh, we don't have time for a sitter, this and that. And what I share with those in the one family all the time, I go, some of the most memorable are the ones where Elisa would put one child to sleep i would put another child to sleep whoever got their kid to sleep first was the one who ran out went to a restaurant bought wow. something just hey and, and, and sometimes it's just fast food here in san diego in and out el pollo loco <laughs> whatever it didn't have to be like extravagant <laughs> here come back throw down a blanket put some candles out put some music on mm-hmm. and we would just sit there with the lights drawn and we mm-hmm. would just sit and have a meal together on our living room floor and then we would play like Yahtzee. Yeah, yeah. which I still can't figure out why we played Yahtzee when our kids were asleep. But, you know, it, they didn't wake up. So, um, but it's really, you know, when people talk about good. cracks in this pillar, it's when you look at your calendar and you're like, I don't remember mm-hmm. the last time we went on a date. I don't remember the last time we had fun. Yeah. Or we had an experience. And it's, you know, sometimes you're going to have to actually ask the question, hey, it's been a long time. What's something fun that we haven't done in a while or something fun that you want to do? And then figuring out how the two of you can make that happen to reintroduce that element of fun. Yes. So good. What a good word. F-U-N, fun. So good. And I'm a big believer in helping my guys when I work with that anticipation brings Mm -hmm. on a huge rush of dopamine. And when we can reset our mind and get excited about normal things of life that are healthy and godly, we reset our brain and become healthier people. So yes, anticipating fun. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, guys, let's wrap up with the sexual pillar because we are all about, Helen and I started Secret Habit to help newlyweds and married couples 
really get healthy, get free, get on the same page. And everything you're getting at with this framework is so exciting to me. So what does the sexual pillar entail? How does it become kind of the, I guess they don't all build up to this, this level. They're all pillars in and of themselves, but why is this one last? Tell me about that. And what's so, what is it? What's so, what, when this is strong, what's so amazing about this pillar thriving? So it was very intentional when I wrote the book that the sexual intimacy pillar was the last one. And it's because the one, it's actually the pillar that everybody would anticipate starts. Yes. Again, it's sex and intimacy coming together. And so people are like, hey, let's just talk about this first. And, yeah. and the reality is that all six of them are interconnected. And so it's really getting into this place of understanding that, you know, if you want to have extraordinary sexual intimacy, build those other five and that safety, that curiosity, that compassion, all of those traits that you've worked on building and having the conversations and, and having fun and talking about finances and building your faith together will lead to extraordinary sexual experiences with yeah. your spouse. I, I mean, it cannot not do that. Yes. Right. Yeah. But when we define sexual intimacy, we wanted to be really clear too, that it's not just the act of sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. Because so many people can get singularly focused on essentially checking a box. Did we, or did we not have sex? Yes. And we're sexual beings. There's a whole lot more to that vocabulary, Mm -hmm. right? Or to that, to that concept. Yeah. So when we look at our sexual intimacy pillar, we're looking at romancing, initiating, foreplay, Mm -hmm. and sexual intercourse. And so how are we playing with all four of those to have the experience we desire, Mm -hmm. right? Hey, Romance your spouse, mm-hmm. both of you romancing one another. What's it look like to initiate? I I, yeah. I would guess, and I think if we were to poll the one family, I would say 80%, 70 to 80% probably don't know what it looks like when their spouse initiates. Yeah. And that is not uncommon because we just sort of expect them to know mm-hmm. um, and how to initiate for us to, to get us to that point of wanting to get into bed to do, you know, engage in foreplay. So even just understanding what does foreplay look or in, into or initiating. initiating look like for us? Like, what wow. does that look like? Lisa and I had to go on this journey mm-hmm. together to understand what does this look like? How are you initiating towards me? How am I initiating towards you? Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So if we understand that, that sexual intimacy, which we started out when people would just say, I want more intimacy Wow, how does that broaden it? How are we close and connected around romance? How are we close and connected around initiating foreplay? What does that look like? And it's not just a, oh, we had sexual intercourse and we're good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, what does that look like? Yeah, and really being able to expand that definition. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen it in my coaching practice where it's really helped so many couples because if we're not just talking about whether or not we're having sexual intercourse, yeah, I I give the the analogy to my coaching clients. I'm like, it's kind of like walking into your favorite buffet, right? Like there's more than one thing on the menu and some days you're going to walk in and yeah, you're going to go straight for the ice cream. Cause you know what? You're an adult. You can go straight for the ice cream. Enjoy yourself, <laughs> knock yourself out. Um, but other times you're going to walk up to the buffet. Maybe you want to start with a salad or you want to go to the soup or maybe you want soup and salad and you're going to throw an entree in. And that really can be the same concept for your sexual intimacy. Right. You can have a conversation with your spouse saying, hey, if we if we were talking about everything else besides sexual intercourse, what are our options? What does it look like to have, you know, sexual massage or to talk about oral sex or to, you know, do toys or ramps and pillows? Like we have all of these different things. Yeah, we can create our own menu, our own buffet. And then you can get into these conversations where maybe for one reason or another, um, for me, I don't enjoy having intercourse when I'm on my period. But if mm. if we've got this whole other menu, this buffet that we can go to, then we can still be sexually intimate yeah. when I've got my period. And it doesn't mean that that pillar has to be cracked in it or you know it goes on hold for a week or whatever it is. It's just like, hey, maybe those are the weeks that you know we're going to do massage or we're going to change who's you know being pleasured or or have those conversations yeah. because we're not just limited to. Can we check the box on sex uh, or not? Yeah. And it Amen. really just expands how couples can feel that closeness and connection. Oh, that is so good. I just want everyone to embrace how good that not just sounds, but how like, you can hear it in your voice that it has changed your life. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that is yeah. so amazing, guys. Like if this turns into a video, people will see it. But you guys are just living examples of how that has transformed your life. And you coach couples and are transforming couples' lives. That's amazing. And for somebody that's been through healing erectile dysfunction, I help people through a program called this, creating a sexual template that has some similarities. And to see people reclaim yeah. confidence in their sex yeah. life but not just that. It is so cool. It's so sweet. Yeah. Mm. Love oh, it. So good, Amazing guys. So let's just recap real quick. We got emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, and sexual. Those are the six pillars of intimacy. You guys wrote an amazing book. You have Thank a workbook you. that goes with it. Alisa, you do coaching from what I gather. Tony is not doing that with you. You do coaching. So Correct. let's just end with a little plug for you guys. What do you guys offer? Where can people reach you? Just a little plug about One Extraordinary Marriage to make sure people know how to find you and get these amazing resources. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, I think the best place, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Go there. If you want to listen to the One Extraordinary Marriage show, you're obviously listening to this amazing podcast. Put in the search, put One Extraordinary Marriage show. It you'll will show us. up. Follow us there as well. And you'll hear the, the many hundreds and hundreds of episodes we have. Find the best one. But uh, yeah, oneextraordinarymarriage.com is the best place to get started. See what we got going on. Mm -hmm. Plug yourself in um, because we know when you do and you are intentional and you take action, things are going to shift in your marriage. And you're going to have the breakthrough in the extraordinary marriage you desire. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to link all of those below. Just awesome. before we wrap up, I know we got one minute left, but just from your guys' perspective, what has been the best pillar for you guys to strengthen that has was kind of shocking and has really provided some amazing re reward and results in your marriage? I would say for me, um, it it is definitely our emotional intimacy. You know, you started this podcast talking about the fact that we've been podcasting for 13 years and that consistency in our emotional intimacy, because really what that means is that Tony and I have an intentional conversation once a week and we have for the last 13 years mm -hmm. that wow. has changed everything that one act of consistency one conversation a week has changed in my opinion everything in our marriage mm. wow. one pillar gosh that's really hard because i could go <laughs> on the other side of it be, you know talking <laughs> be like all right like I'm, I'm gonna go sexual um and yet i'm, okay. I'm gonna no i'm not gonna <laughs> because, because there's one that i think has really transformed us in in the the recent past, and that's our physical intimacy. Mm. When Elisa and I wow. really looked at this pillar and realized the way that we are close and connected is by going to bed naked, sleeping naked, and making that more intentional. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how close we've become, even when we're sleeping. Just it's been amazing, which has led to better sexual intimacy, in my opinion. But I, I really have enjoyed that we dove into that one and learned, wow. This is really how we are close and connected in this pillar. So, well, and I would just, just to piggyback on his real quick, it's because we took the concept of the pillar and we figured out how we best operated in yeah. that. And that's what I would say to anybody reading the six pillars of intimacy. Look, look at the pillar, understand it for yourself, have a conversation with your spouse and then make it yours. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Well, you guys are rock stars. You guys have boiled down 13 years of expertise into one place. That is not easy to do. So thank you so much for doing that, being on our show and starting a, a brother and sisterhood in Christ. We are so thankful for more people doing work like this. So thank you for being on the show, guys. It's been such a privilege to interview you. Oh, awesome. It's been our, our privilege and our honor. Yeah. Thank you, awesome. Sean. Well, God bless you guys. Take care.